You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. You're going to end up in trouble and there's no need in it because God done told you how to avoid it. If you just guard your ears and decide who you, you're going to have to have selective hearing. You want to decide, I want to listen to things and people that are whole and that have my best interest at heart. And I'm not going to listen to people that just follow the masses and do what everybody else is doing or supposedly doing. Amen. So you're dealing with life. You got to deal with your heart. Is it possible to make your way through life without getting sucked in by this world? Today, Pastor Gary helps you see that guarding your heart is the key to standing strong in this broken world. You'll learn that one way to protect your heart is to have selective hearing. When you pay attention to what the voices around you are saying, you can choose to focus on what promotes God and His truth. Then you'll be better prepared to stand against the tide of this world that wants to draw you away from the Lord. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 as he begins his message, Keep Thy Heart. Proverbs chapter 4, look with me at verse number 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Life happens first in the heart. From the heart and to the heart flow all of the issues relating to our lives. People act, think, work, play. Anything people do, they do it from their heart whether their heart is into it or whether their heart is deceiving them, everything comes from the heart. You don't do one thing that don't first originate somewhere in your heart. And the Bible, when it speaks of your heart, it's not just obviously speaking of your you know, fleshly organ. It's speaking more of your spiritual consciousness, your heart, your, who you are on the inside. And and the Bible tells us this. It says, keep our heart. Now, that word keep implies to guard your heart, okay? And so why is it important to guard your heart? Well, it's because out of your heart come the issues of life. Every issue that you're dealing with in your life is directly linked to the heart. Most people's problems today persist because they have a heart problem. Now I want you to think about that a minute. You say, I'm not a heart patient, Brother Gary. Everybody in here is a heart patient. Every struggle you have, every problem you have in this life that you deal with is directly related to a heart disease. It might be your spiritual heart disease or it might be someone else's spiritual heart disease that has negatively affected you, but every issue that you deal with in life is always, it comes back to the heart. Amen? 
So the Bible says that the heart is so important that we are to guard it, that we are to keep it. Now, I've taught on this before, and we could get into all the gates, and we'll, we'll briefly mention that in just a minute, the gates to the heart. But my subject is this, dealing with life. Because the Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So how, how do you deal with life? You ever heard the expression, when you're going through some kind of trouble, that somebody gets frustrated because you share your trouble with them, and rather than trying to offer a solution and help you, they just say, well, just deal with it. You ever had that said to you, or have you ever said it to someone else? Amen. I say it to my kids quite often. They probably get tired of hearing it. Amen. When I have spoken, sometimes I don't want to uh, continue that conversation. I have said what I have said. It is what it is. So you're just going to have to deal with it. Amen. And so, you know, how do we deal with life? Well, you're going to have to deal with your heart. The way you deal with life is you deal with your heart. Amen. And that's what we want to talk about for just a few minutes. So, two points. I know you're shocked. I usually have three. Number one, guard the gates. Okay? Keep the heart. Guard the gates. Now, the gates manage what comes in and what goes out. Okay? Gates are very important. In Scripture, in the Old Testament in particular, it talks about the gates of the city. And those were very strategic points in the city because you allow people in who are welcomed and you keep people shut out who are not welcomed. Amen? So gates are very important. There are gates to your heart that uh, unfortunately too many people, they're not manning the post. They're not keeping their heart. They're not guarding the doors to their heart. What are the doors to your heart? Your eyes, your ears, your thoughts, your speech. I know that's kind of odd to think of your speech as a gate to your heart, but Jesus teaches us, amen, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, amen. And so remember, gates are not just referencing what comes in, but also what goes out. So yes, your mouth is a gate. It's, you know, your eyes and your ears receive, your mouth releases, Right, But one thing you got to remember about your mouth is not only do, does it release for others to receive, but you turn around and you hear yourself talk. So you're dishing it out and receiving it. And you can talk yourself into believing a lie. Did you know that? People do it all the time. People, people often do not solidify their thoughts until they have spoken their thoughts. You think about that. You, you'll be mulling on something and you'll be thinking about it and you're not settled on it. But the minute you share that thought with somebody, it becomes established in your heart. That's, that's the truth. That's what I believe. Why? Because you said it. And you heard it. And now you, not only did you put, put it out, but you put it back in. So your mouth is a, it's just as important a, ga a gate as your ears and your eyes. So what does the Bible say about guarding the gates? Let me give you some scriptures. Just real quickly, Psalm 101 verse 3. This is what the psalmist David wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, dealing with the eye gate. And what does it say? I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the works of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave unto me. So, 
And another, another scripture, uh, let me see if I've got it wrote down in here. It's not on my, in my notes. But he also said, I have made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Are you listening to me? Especially you guys. Men are visual people. Men like looking at things that are pretty. Can I just be honest? Men like pretty women. Okay, now, I try to keep my eyes on my wife only. Amen, as far as, you know, affection is concerned. But God designed men to be more visually stimulated than women, uh, generally speaking. Okay, there are always exceptions to that rule, but generally speaking, men are more stimulated by visual than women are. So that's why men in particular, and especially young men, are challenged in this area. To guard your eyes. That's why you have to make a covenant with your eyes. That means you're going to have to set up an agreement with your eyes that you're not going to look on things that you know is not pleasing to the Lord. Be it pornography on the internet. Are you listening to me? Or be it some, uh, something that somebody's texting you in the privacy of your room. Or this or that. Are you listening? Uh, or be it just going down the highway and you inadvertently see something and the first time you accidentally see it, it's not a sin, but the second longer look at it is, the, is when it becomes a sin. Amen. When you look at things, you're receiving information through your eyes that creates a lust in your heart. That becomes sin. Amen. And so David talked about uh, not setting wicked things before his eyes. He said, I hate the works of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. This was his determination. He is not going to let it because he knew just like, just like you remember when Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. He just pointed his tent in that general direction so that when, it, when he first woke up in the morning and got up at the sunrise, he could see how beautiful the, the, the valley was that Sodom and Gomorrah were set in. And, and boy, it was just luscious and green, boy. And it was just, it was enticing to the lust of his eyes. And he ended up moving into Sodom and becoming a prominent citizen of that city or those two cities. And of course, you remember the story. They were so wicked that God had to bring fire and brimstone down on them and judge them. And uh, Lot's lust was so strong that the angels literally had to drag him and his family out of town before God rained fire and brimstone on the city. Don't think for a second that you can overcome the power of the lust of the eye by yourself. Your best, your best thing is to make a covenant to not even entice yourself. Don't even put yourself in a position where you're looking at things and taking things in that you're not supposed to be taking in. Amen? I'm telling you young men, my sons especially, you know, as you grow older, daddy and mama can't always guard your eyes for you. And you're going to have to get to a point to where you have your own walk with God and you make decisions when you have an opportunity to see things that you're not supposed to see. You're going to have to make your mind up then and there between you and God. I, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to expose myself to stuff that's going to corrupt my heart because here's what happens. The devil makes it look so nice and so pretty and it feels so good and it looks so good and just like even the garden, boy, that fruit on that tree looks so good. You know, the devil just made it awesome looking. You know, the devil lied to her and she bit of the fruit and brought Adam in with her all because of the lust of the eyes. See how your lust will lead you to places where you'll end up in more trouble than you ever thought. Amen. 
And so when you're dealing with the issues of life, when you're dealing with life, one of the ways you deal with life is you deal with your eyes. You make sure there's not a whole lot you can do about other people and what they're doing, but you better make sure that you are doing the right thing. Okay? You can't change other people. It's going to take you a lifetime to change yourself. So quit worrying about everybody else. You worry about you. You say, now God, I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes. If you'll help me, God, I want to make sure that my eyes behold pure things. And Lord, if I'm inadvertently or accidentally exposed to things that are impure, I'm going to look the other way until you deliver me completely away from it where it's no longer a temptation or a possibility of me being exposed to that. Now, I know we live in a sin-sick world where you know things are all over the place that we don't voluntarily want to even look at. It's just You can't even go into Walmart without seeing a magazine with a half-naked woman on it. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see stuff. The question is, are you going to guard your eyes or are you going to feast on that mess? Because here's what happens. It sinks inside of you and it corrupts the heart. And it affects your life in a negative way. It pulls you down a road of sin that you don't want to go down. Are you hearing me? So you've got to guard them eyes. Proverbs 1.10. I was worried about whether or not I had anything to teach. But it seems like every time I get up to preach, I could preach an hour whether I tried to or not. <laughs> and I'm not going to keep you an hour. But I thank the Lord for giving me something to teach you. Amen. He's always faithful. Proverbs 1.10. All right. Here's what Solomon wrote to his son. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. How do sinners entice you? The word entice means to tempt you or to try to bring you in on what they're doing wrong, to entice you, to, won't you come over with us and do this or that? You know how friends will get you in trouble sometimes. Mm-hmm. He said, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Don't listen to them. Do not even participate in that conversation. Don't even think about it. This is dealing with your ear gates. Who are you listening to? I want to challenge you. God called us to be leaders, not followers. It's easy to go with the flow. Anybody can go with the flow and blend in with the masses of humanity who are on their way to hell, by the way, without Jesus. It takes somebody courageous and spirit-filled and strong to be different. To say no when everybody else is saying, well, everybody else is doing it. Uh, well, everybody else ain't doing it. That's one of the biggest lies the devil's ever said, amen? Everybody ain't doing it. And it ain't, it ain't all good, Amen? I'm telling you, you've got to draw some boundaries in your life. I don't know who this is for, but you've got to draw some boundaries in your life. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. You know, they, they, uh, who is it? The D.A.R.E. program has a slogan, just say no. Well, that's a biblical concept. It's right here in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 10. You can write down in your footnote there, just say no. Don't listen to them. Guard your ears. Because if you start listening to people and following people, and they're out in sin and they're doing things that's displeasing to the Lord. They're doing things that's d destructive to their health. Amen. That's destructive to society. Amen. They're doing things that are illegal. They're doing drugs or they're having premarital sex or this or that or the other. And, and you're following down that road. You're going to end up in trouble. 
And there's no need in it because God done told you how to avoid it. If you just guard your ears and decide who you, you're going to have to have selective hearing. You want to decide, I want to listen to things and people that are whole and that have my best interest at heart. And I'm not going to listen to people that just follow the masses and do what everybody else is doing or supposedly doing. Amen? So, you're dealing with life, you got to deal with your heart. You got to deal with your eyes. You got to deal with your ears. And the Bible teaches us how to do that. So, now we've talked about what goes in the gates, but now let's talk about what goes out of the gate. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 34. Matthew 12, 34. I've uh, quoted the last part of this verse, but let's look at the whole verse. Jesus talking, to, of course, to the scribes and the Pharisees of his day. He says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Okay, one of the biggest lies the devil will try to convince you of is that you can handle your sin and still be a good person. But here, hear me well. What you take in, if you take in garbage through your eyes or through your ears, garbage comes in, guess what comes out? Garbage. Amen? I've worked a little bit with pipe before, and I know one thing about pipe. Whatever comes in one side is going to come out the other. If it's water coming in this way, it's going to be water coming out the other end. Amen? Whatever you put in that pipe, Amen. If it's a sewer pipe, if sewer's coming in, guess what's going to be coming out the other side? Sewage. If you let sin into your heart and sin into your mind, through your eyes or through your ears, guess what's going to come out of your heart and out of your mouth? Sin. That's what Jesus meant when he said, how can you, being evil, speak good things? He said, you can't talk good because you're too full of trash. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Your mouth will tell on you. The Bible says, uh, evil communications corrupt good manners. You know how young people learn to talk trash and talk filth and cuss and carry on? Because they hang around other people and they hear it all the time and so they soak it in and they learn a whole new filthy vocabulary. And so, guess what you end up doing? Trash in, trash out. If you're not careful, you'll start spewing what you've taken in. That's why it's important that you guard your ears. If you're around people that talk trash all the time, just quit hanging around them. You know? Set a standard. Say, so, you know what? I don't need to, I, I am not your garbage can. I don't need you dumping your trash into my ears. And, and I'd lose a friend in a hurry if I had to, if it meant protecting my heart because I don't want to be corrupted by evil communication. And that's what the Bible says will happen. Evil communication corrupts good manners. So, what you got to do? You got to guard your heart by guarding your ears so that when things start coming out, there'll be pure things. But how, listen, if you want some, something pure to come out, what do you got to put in? You got to put in something pure. It's not only important to keep the bad stuff out, 
but it's important to replace it with good stuff. What, what, what kind of content do we need to dump into our hearts that's wholesome, that's good? I want you to think about this with me. Real easy, real simple. Spiritual things, Scripture. That's it. Alright, so are you reading your Bible on a consistent basis? Are you studying the Word? I'm not talking about just skimming it because you feel like you have to to mark a card off. Say, well, I read my Bible for the day. Do you meditate on the Word of God? Do you slow down long enough for when you come across a verse and something speaks to you that you pause long enough to meditate on it and let the Holy Spirit minister to you and you soak that in in your heart? That's what the word meditation really means, I believe, is to soak it in. Okay? I'll just skim over it. All right, so if you want pureness to come out of your heart, you've got to put pureness in. Now, I want to be honest with you. You can be lost and you read your Bible every day your whole life and still have filth coming out because Jesus ain't in your heart. Okay, you can have the Bible in your head, but Jesus not in your heart. So you've got to first get washed in the blood. Amen. That's how you become pure. And then you become filled with the Spirit and let the Spirit of God lead and guide you. And then, and then now we're talking, now we've got pure coming in and pure coming out. And that's where God wants to get us. We're like a conduit through which the Holy Spirit flows. We are here to make a difference, but we can't make a difference if we talk and think and act just like the world. Amen? How are they going to look to us for hope to overcome their problems when we are susceptible to the same problems they're susceptible to because we are not guarding against the things that they're not guarding against? You know, Jesus talked about the wheat and the tares are going to grow up together and you can't try to separate them because they look too much alike and you'll end up tearing the, the wheat out with the tares. Amen? Before, uh, well, that's, that's kind of a picture of the church, isn't it? And sometimes the church looks too much like the world. Sometimes the world looks too much like the church and they're so blended you can't hardly tell the difference anymore. Listen, the church, the world needs to see a difference in you. Your friends need to see a difference in you. If you claim the name of Christ, you ought not to hang your head and be ashamed of that. You ought to be, you ought to be proud of the fact that you are a, a blood-bought member of the family of God. Amen. You've got to hold your head up high and be unashamedly, unapologetically representing the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the kind of boldness you need. And, and if you'll just learn to take a stand, it'll make it easier for you. You know, I learned quick in high school that it didn't take me but two or three times to take a stand. And people knew who I was and they knew what I was about and they didn't bother me anymore. Amen? They didn't bother me anymore. I just had to set the standard. I had to just draw the line. I just had to say, now, this is, this is as far as I can go now. I love y'all, but uh, I ain't about all that mess. One of the biggest things that clued them in is when I took my Bible to school. Amen? Yes, I told them my Bible to school and I was proud of it. I was taught that as a Christian, you shouldn't be ashamed of your faith. And so I took that to heart and I thought, well, that means I should, you know, I should, if, if, it, if other people would be embarrassed to tote their Bible to school and they claim to be a Christian, they ain't right with God. So I'm going to be right with God. I'm going to tote my Bible to school and I'm going to be proud of it. And I wasn't trying to be super spiritual. What I, what I was trying to do was keep myself disciplined to be unashamed of the gospel and to let people know that I represented the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know what I'm saying? And that's what God, where God wants to get you is to where you can be a witness, but you cannot be, just like Jesus said in this verse, how can you being evil speak good things? How can you be a witness when your heart's full of filth? How can you be a witness? How can you, you know why a lot of Christians don't talk about the Lord around their friends? Because their friends done heard them talking about junk. 
Mm-hmm. They want to see the hypocrite in you. They want to see the hypocrite in me. So, look, at some point you got to surrender and say, you know what, Lord? I'm straddling the fence and it's over. I'm done with straddling the fence. I'm on your side. I'm going to serve you. I'm not going to serve people. I'm not going to serve myself. I'm going to serve you. Amen. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, garycottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. As our time with you comes to an end, we'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Prayer for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Cottle Ministries, 171 White Circle, Louisville, Mississippi, 39339. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.